Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Your uh, auto how to buy a car without being ripped off by your car dealer team is in the studio, and we're chomping at the bit to help you navigate that minefield out there successfully and safely. You want to buy or lease a car, or for that matter, do you want to maintain or repair your car and come out unscathed and not be a sheared sheep? You want to uh, get some advice, and you want to hear your fellow callers give good advice. We've got some of the most amazing texters and callers on this show. If you'll stay tuned, even if you don't like to hear what we have to say, listen to what your fellow callers have to say. We learn, literally we learn from the callers to the show every week. And since we've become international, I say that because we had one call from Bali. <laughs> but we do get calls from all over the United States. Because we're international, uh, we hear about different regions of the country. We have some great textures from California and uh, Oregon and uh, New York, uh, Texas, Wisconsin. Uh, I know I'm leaving out a lot of places in New Jersey, New York, uh, all over the United States. And we hear how cars are bought and sold and how cars are repaired and maintained all over. It's very similar. There are some states that have a few little different laws, but by far and large, car dealing is a very, very scary experience, or buying, I should say. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We have uh, uh, various means of being reached cyberspace, mainly Facebook and YouTube. Just heard Twitter went down. Uh, we have to figure out how to get on Twitter, and uh, we'll figure that out. Periscope is gone, I should say. Twitter has uh, a registration issue. But we don't get a lot of Twitters, and we don't get a lot of Periscopes anyway, so uh, we're not going to miss them. Uh, uh, YouTube, texting, uh, Facebook, and good old-fashioned radio. I mean, that's what we are. We're a, a radio show. Love our callers. Uh, we have some regular callers. We love new callers. And uh, if you're thinking about calling, let me ask you to write this number down. If you have a pencil handy or something, if you can type it in to your computer or send yourself an email with this number on it, I'm going to give it out twice, and you can write it down. Love the calls because they're personal. And uh, we give priority to you callers when you call this number, 877-960-9960. Got your pencil? That call-in number is 877-960-9960. Write it down. You might not have a question now, but you will. Love to hear from you. And uh, you ladies out there, hang on, because Mrs. Sunrise, also known as my co-host on this show, Nancy Stewart, 
Uh, she's going to tell you about a little offer she makes to our first-time new callers, if you're a lady. If you haven't called the show before and you're female, well, we got a heck of a deal for you. No strings attached. She'll, tell you, she'll explain it to you in just a minute. Now, we have a, a line that suddenly leaped into popularity called youranonymousfeedback.com. Your Anonymous Feedback. All you have to do is go to that URL and uh, you can send us an anonymous message. And we don't know where it came from. I mean, that's the definition of anonymous, right? Some people just prefer it. I'm not like that. I mean, I'm, um, I, I've, I've, I've given up on privacy a long time ago, and I don't mind it. A lot of people do are very careful about their privacy, and you're probably smarter than I am. But for those who value their privacy, and not that you want to attack the show, but you can't. See, that's the beauty of it. You get on your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com, you can say anything you want to. And uh, the thing that surprises us is we don't get blasted as often as we think we would. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we've had, uh, haven't had any death threats so far. Where's some wood? That's not wood, but anyway. But we've had, a, we've had some insulting, uh, uh, but very few, maybe very, very one very out of a hundred. Yeah, that's right. Most of them are very constructive, honest, uh, and uh, we don't want you to agree with us. I mean, this is talk radio, folks. What's more fun than a than a argument on on the radio? And we won't we won't be mean, uh, even if you call in. We always treat you with courtesy and respect, and value your opinion, even though we don't share the opinion. Uh, that's what makes the radio fun is is that type of thing. You've all if you if you listen to talk radio, the most popular talk radio hosts are the ones that have that little flavor of controversy, and that's what we value on this show. Um, let me tell you, every car dealer in the United States virtually uh, disagrees with us. We love calls from call dealerships, uh, car dealerships. We like to dealer, uh, occasionally we get the dealer uh, himself call in. We can have salespeople call in. Not as many as we like, but let me, all you out there in the auto industry, retail or wholesale, I promise you will be treated with courtesy and respect on this show, and we'd love to hear your true opinion. So, uh, text number, I didn't give the text number out. 772-497-6530. Text us, we'll get your text, if not now, um, in a few minutes, or toward the end of the show. It's a nice thing about the text, we can archive them and get to them later. Uh, we're 99% onto the text. Uh, a good chance if we don't get to you right away, we will get to you. Uh, we, try, we try real hard. And that number again is, write it down, 772-497-6530. Uh, and on your anonymous feedback.com, I for you, of course, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Rick Kearney to my right, my certified diagnostic master technician, car genius, uh, he, he monitors the YouTube channel. So if you really want to get uh, Rick directly, uh, just uh, fire him on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars, and of course, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And those are all the different things. Stu, uh, my son, uh, sitting right across from me, he monitors the, uh, the Facebook. In fact, everybody, uh, Nancy does too, and so does Rick, but he's a, he's a Facebook specialist. 
Rick is a, is a YouTube specialist. Now, let me introduce to my left in the studio my lovely wife, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, who was with me from the very beginning of the show a couple decades ago when we were on the radio only for half an hour. And she's been with me through thick and thin through all of this, and we built this show, and uh, she is single-handedly responsible for building a significant female following for the show. Nancy? Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. And, uh, well, as I say every week, you are an important part of the show. So please give us a call and share your story with us. Or if you have some information you think we can use, give us a call, 877-960-9960. And uh, don't forget, ladies, we'd love to hear from you. And as a female advocate, I encourage you. Um, I encourage you to give us a call and uh, share your experience with us, whether it was purchasing or service, uh, whatever brought you into the dealership, or maybe you were working uh, you know, from your PC uh, to uh, purchase a car online. Our number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, $50, yes, $50 just for calling in and sharing your story with us, the first two new lady callers. And don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. You certainly can take advantage of that and uh, share whatever is on your mind without offending anyone. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, let's uh, jump on the text to uh, anonymous feedback or whatever we have and uh, get going. Absolutely. And uh, you, you callers out there, uh, usually we have a call by this time, so I'm going to give that number out one more time, and we will pri prioritize your call. If you call in, we'll get to you right away. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Okay, Stu. Here we go. We're going to go to the first text of the day, and it's from guess who? Anne-Marie. All right. Anne-Marie says, good morning. Wednesday morning, I watched the Today Show story featuring your team helping people get vaccine appointments. Even if, if one is tech-savvy, it is a frustrating exercise to get trying to get a vaccine appointment. Hooray, and thank you to you and your staff for helping uh, people get appointments. I did get your email with the link to the video. Um, however, in case people out there who missed it, one can go to Toyota, I mean, sorry, one can go to today.com and type in vaccine appointments and buy the magnifying glass, the search link, and the link to organizations help older, older Americans get vaccine appointments online should pop right up. Once again, thank you for helping people get their vaccine appointments. Vaccines are the best public health measures to help us beat this pandemic so we can get back to normal as soon as possible. She goes on to say, I remember when polio was a terrifying scourge that seemingly struck at will. Kids lived in iron lungs and ambulatory used crutches and wore heavy metal leg braces. It was a godsend when the polio vaccines came along and we didn't live in fear of becoming paralyzed anymore. After that, if there was a vaccine that could help me from getting sick or dying, I rolled up my sleeve. Thanks again, Anne-Marie. Wow. Well, once again, uh, thank you, Anne-Marie. You're the best. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, I want to tell you that uh, uh, we were really... Uh, proud to be featured on the Today Show, and we, it's the Earl Stewart Toyota COVID rescue team 
a group of nine or ten, varies from time to time, but nine or ten employees at our dealership that devote uh, their time. Uh, they volunteer their time, uh, an hour, two hours, three hours, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We've made, uh, what are we, pushing 200 appointments yeah, now? Yeah, and it really amped up once they opened it up to um, you know 40 and younger, and now it's yeah. basically in a couple yeah. of days, all adults will be able to get it. So. Yeah, we, we, we started with the, uh, featuring the seniors because we know, and Nancy and I are seniors, and we have a lot of seniors working at our dealership, we're not as all as tech savvy as some of the millennials and younger folks out there. And it's really hard sometimes to be able to get online and get uh, that Publix or that CVS or Walgreens, Walmart, Target. It's hard to do. And there's a huge rush and the, the, the online lines are flooded and you can't get in and then you get shut out. Palm Beach County fills up, uh, blah, blah, blah. So we formed this team and uh, we've and we're, we're still doing it. We're, as Stu said, we're getting them to the uh, younger folks now. Plus the the, the exposure from the Today Story, uh, we started getting some calls yeah. uh, from people, so we're helping some people that we haven't even met before. Yeah, and also, uh, Nancy and I talked about this in the car. We were talking about the very same subject, and I said to Nancy, you know, I'm just kind of brainstorming this now. I'll throw it out on the air uh, this morning. Uh, what do you think about this? We're thinking about maybe a... Uh, uh, Earl Stewart Senior Car Buying Rescue Team. And uh, I don't know how, how it would be formed or how we would do it, but we push online buying as the best way to buy a car. I wrote a blog about that a long time ago. And now during this pandemic, it's become extremely obvious to everybody. If you're not tech savvy, if you're not, if you're not uh, computer savvy, and you want to do just about anything, much less buy something, uh, you're, you're in trouble. And if you're a senior uh, and you don't know how to use a computer that well, unless you have a grandkid or a, or, or a kid that can help you or a friend that can help you, you're out of business. And that's the reason the seniors are victimized, especially uh, in areas like Florida where we have a lot of seniors, Palm Beach County uh, especially, and so that's the reason uh, I think it's a vital service. So we're, we're going to kick around the idea of having a, an Earl Stewart car buying rescue team. And maybe we can, uh, Stu and I and Nancy and Rick will discuss it, uh, maybe we can kind of meld it with the vigilante somehow. And if we could have pockets of rescue teams around the country that you could go, if you're a senior, and you could go on. You could go to them and say, "Look, this is what I want to buy. Get me a price online." If we could help that way, uh, we'd be interested in your comments. What you think about that? Give us a call and uh, see what you got to say. I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, interrupt you for a second. We're going to go to Bob, oh. who's calling uh, from Palm Beach Gardens. Great. Uh, good morning, Bob, from all of us. Uh, good morning to all of you. Um, the question I have is uh, kind of a puzzling, uh, I think it was a call that I received or an email I, I received from a real store at Toyota telling me that I had an appointment for service uh, on a Sunday, I think it was last Sunday at 12.15 uh -huh. p.m. So I called back and I said, I don't understand the appointment. I was only in there about six weeks ago. It was fully serviced. Why am I getting this call? Uh-huh. 
And he said, well, if, if you don't want to come in, sir, we'll just cancel the, the, uh, the appointment. And I said, I'd like that to happen. And he did. And that was the end of it. I'm surprised. I don't know how to answer that. Stu, do you know anything yeah. about that? Um, we call everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. Uh, it sounds like a mistake. Um, you, we're, you're set up for a call around uh, just before your six months. So if it's only a couple of months, uh, maybe there is an error of some sort. Um, if you can, uh, can, do you have the text line number? If you can text me your, your name and phone number, I can look into it and see why that, why that happened. But no, well, we don't, uh, we don't call anybody that, that shortly after a sale. Yeah, I appreciate your well, the heads up. As long as you know what happened. Yeah, that's, thank you. That's my only interest. I, I, I don't, I'm perfectly satisfied now with the answer. It just, it was, I think, an error, and they were very courteous about it. And, yeah. And it's a closed issue now. Uh, I don't go back again until June sure. for service. Well, I we'll look I, into I, it. I we'll look into it. it. My car. If it happened to you, it's likely happened to some others, and so we must have a glitch in the system. Thanks very much for the heads up. Okay, you're very welcome. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for all the good things you do for us as customers. Uh, I'm a, a steady customer of Earl Stewart, have been for a long time, and I've always been happy with your service and the way you treat people. So and I enjoy your program every Saturday morning. I always watch it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you're you very welcome. much, Bob. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, we're waiting to hear from you. First two new lady callers, you win yourself $50. Great weekend to win $50. The first two new lady callers. You can spend some, well, get yourself an Easter bonnet. <laughs> Now back to Rick. Uh, Donovan has got a great question here. His Illinois auto dealers are suing the state and Rivian and Lucid Motors to try and stop them from setting up direct sales and to protect the dealer franchise laws. Uh, what does Earl think about this? And with other brands trying to follow the Tesla model of direct sales, Polestar from Volvo also does this now. The brands seem to feel that direct sales are a better fit for electric vehicles. Well, that's uh, a threat to the uh, franchise system, which has been developed and is, is now uh, is, uh, solid stone, rock hard. You can't break the franchise system. The automobile retail franchise system has been built almost over 100 years to protect dealers uh, from uh, any sort of competition on the outside, even including manufacturers. So uh, the law is in, in almost every state that you have to be a franchise automobile dealer to sell a car. Uh, manufacturers can't sell cars. If you're, uh, General Motors cannot sell a car directly. Uh, Ford cannot sell a car directly. They have to go by law, and that's state law, through the franchise dealers. And uh, it was the law evolved because in the very beginning, when the car dealers were first franchised, the manufacturers were exploiting the dealers. And uh, the dealers got banded together and they formed the National Automobile Dealers Association. And every state has an association. Car dealers make a lot of money, so they fund it well, kind of like trial lawyers. And they have a super strong lobby. And they were able to, in each state, make themselves bulletproof where they have to be the one that sells the cars. 
So it's almost like a miracle that Tesla has been able to kind of skirt the issue a little bit. But even then, most states will not allow Tesla to deliver a car from a physical location. You, you can order a car online, and Tesla will send you the car, but you cannot buy it in a normal retail fashion. But hmm. yeah, there's a, the franchise system will disappear. It, it's, it's archaic. Uh, it does, it's a dinosaur. It doesn't need to be there anymore. And uh, the protection uh, that it was uh, designed to afford isn't necessary. And people don't like having to go to a car dealer. They'd rather buy directly. I mean, would you rather buy something from Amazon or Apple uh, uh, directly, or would you rather have somebody with a franchise that's going to jerk you around and be protected against any sort of discipline? So that's my answer. Great answer. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to talk to a Warren, who uh, is a regular caller, and he's calling us from Pompano. Good morning. Hi. How you doing, guys? Great. Thank you for calling. I, I just I, I just heard Earl say about the uh, senior citizens thing. I think it's a great idea, and I'll tell you why. Is because I'm 70 years old, and when I got to do anything on the computer, it is very frustrating to me because punching the little numbers and little holes drives me insane. Uh, it's not that I can't do it. It's just when I do it, it just makes me crazy. And then if you make a mistake, you can't figure out where you made it. And so anytime I have to do one of those things, it drives me crazy. So I think the idea of helping senior citizens would be a tremendous idea. Well, thank you, Warren. I, that's exactly why I threw it out. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get some feedback. You know, some, some seniors uh, uh, are a little bit embarrassed about admitting it. And I don't see why, because... Uh, you know, I, I didn't even know what a computer was when I was in high school. And uh, my education, I, I actually had a technical education. Uh, I majored in physics and mathematics, but I had very little. You know, laptops didn't exist, smartphones didn't exist. And so how can we be expected as seniors? I'm 80, uh, I'm three years older than you, Warren. And I can easily see uh, uh, why uh, we're being frozen out as seniors. We're being frozen out to be able to compete with the millennials and the younger people, they're getting the good prices and we're paying the high prices. And that's the way car dealers sell cars, by the way. Everybody walks into the door of a car dealership or goes online, gets a price, a different price on the same car. If you go online, you get the low price. If you walk in the door, you get the high price. And the average price is what uh, keeps the dealers afloat and gives them a profit. So they have to take advantage of you and me as seniors to have the big fat profit because the, the youngster that goes online, shops three or four or five or seven or eight dealerships, they get a very low price. You can buy a new car today, Warren, or almost any make, uh, for as little as the dealer's cost. We've actually seen deals at the true net cost of dealers. I've also seen deals of obscene profits, $10,000, $15,000 profits on one car. And that's how they're all averaged together at the end of the month, the dealer figures out his profits. So we're subsidizing the savvy, uh, the computer savvy youngsters, the seniors are subsidizing them by overpaying. So I I'm glad you think it's a good idea and, 
And if we get well, more yeah, feedback. I'll, I'll just tell you this. The last time it happened, it had nothing to do with cars, but it was uh, you know, something that I have taken out every month. Oh, they wanted to take out of my account every month. And they said, if you sign up online, instead of paying the bill the normal way, and you have it taken out. So you had to fill all the stuff online. And sure enough, I screwed it up by putting the wrong number in my yeah. bank account in there. So yeah. when the bill didn't get paid, I didn't know it for two or three months until I get a letter saying that I haven't paid the bill in three months. And later I found out that I put a wrong number in my bank account in there. Uh -huh. And, of course, nothing was coming out. And I said, after that, I said, I can't do it. It's just too frustrating for me. Exactly. You know, I put the little numbers and little boxes and little and little letters and little boxes, and sometimes they want to capitalize, and sometimes they don't want to capitalize. They want a dot, they want a dash. You know, this stuff drives me to insanity. Yeah. And like you said, if you're younger, you know, like my, my daughter, who's a lawyer, I mean, she does this all day long. Yeah. I don't do it all day long, so it makes you, makes you crazy. So I just thought it was a great idea. Well, thank you, Warren. I... Uh, we're going to move forward on that. We get some more input like that. We'll definitely uh, form a team. I think, you know, instead of calling it the uh, car buying rescue, we may, maybe ought to call it something like the senior, uh, you know, car buying for seniors online uh, uh, assistance or something like that. So we'll come up yeah, with a name and we'll we'll move forward on that. I, I just had one other quick question. I called last week or the week before. I forgot about the article in the New York Times about the different paints or something. I wonder if you had a chance to look at that, uh, about the, you know the, how the different colors of the paint sell better and all that kind of stuff. If you had a chance to see I'm, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you I forgot. I did make a note of it in my radio show notes right here. And with your reminder, I promise I will do it. Uh, and thanks for the that's, reminder, Warren. That's, that's being a senior, anyway. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much, guys. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Warren. Thank you, Warren. <laughs> okay. Love to hear from you again. Uh, you know, let me mention for a second, you know, we're talking about forming a lot of teams, and gosh, I'll tell you what, they have uh, uh, proven to be a great idea by the recovering car dealer. And uh, if you see him wearing a hat right now, that reason is because uh, we formed a, another team, and it is called Earl's Vigilantes. Yeah. And uh, you can, uh, it's, a, it's a cute hat, handsome hat, and you too can have one. All you need to do is just to sign up, and uh, you don't have to consider yourself an auto expert, uh, not at all. Um, uh, all you have to have in common with us <laughs> is that you're tired of car dealers and uh, their dishonesty. So uh, you don't have to know how to take an engine apart, that, that's for sure. So uh, go to Iran Cars and uh, sign up for Earl's Vigilantes and uh, help consumers uh, in your community. Uh, there, there is uh, a, a lot of consumers out there in need of our help. So uh, earlsvigilantes.com, win yourself a hat and uh, we have uh, shirts coming and uh, some other things. So it's gonna be a whole lot of fun and we're gonna learn a whole lot from you as we always do. 877-960-9960 uh, or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and we're gonna go back to the phones. Uh, we're, we have uh, Michael who's calling us and uh, Michael's calling us from Kentucky. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Well, thank you. 
Good, good. I got one question. Let you go. First of all, I've been reading that book, uh, and so I'm, I'd like to know what would be a good price to pay for a 2019 Pathfinder SL, and last around 26.9 foot. What would be a good out the door price for me? Well, Michael. Michael, uh, I'll ask uh, Stu to see what he can find on that. And uh, for anyone buying a, a, a used car, uh, your uh, best source, and we talk online now, I don't know how comfortable you are online, but uh, autotrader.com, uh, you can sort by that specific Pathfinder year and model, and you can get prices on it. Uh, True Car is another source that you can sometimes get good prices. And Stu's working on it right now. Okay, I appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you what, um, if you give me a second, uh, we can move on and I'll, uh, I'll look that up. What, it was a Pathfinder XL? Yeah, 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 uh, SL. SL, okay. And um, all right, so what I'll do, I'll look that up and then I'll, uh, if you're listening to the show, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in just in a few minutes after I have a good price for that. Okay. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you, Michael. And all you folks out there that were listening to that question, um, your best single source for used cars is autotrader.com, A-U-T-O-T-R-A-D-E-R.com. Uh, it virtually has the inventory of every uh, used car sold in America by car dealers. And uh, you can go online and sort by zip code, uh, by price range, uh, by your make and model, of course, and you can also uh, sort by price, and it, you, they'll give you the, uh, the price from the lowest price uh, down to the highest price. Now, here's a caveat and the warning. Auto Trader allows dealers to put in their sneaky fees, their hidden fees. So start by getting the lowest price that Auto Trader shows you on the particular vehicle, and then contact that dealership online, preferably, and get the true out-the-door price. Those hidden fees are commonly added to the auto trader price. That's a good way to start. And uh, I have a lot of uh, friends that use auto trader when they're looking for specialty cars, because virtually any car sold, you'll find it somewhere. You might have to go a thousand miles, but you will find just about any used car you want. Yeah, just looking at the wholesale value on that car by the books is around 24.4 with average miles. But right now, the used car market is a little, little goofy. And these these values are, are considerably higher, so I would push that into the twenty five thousand range for wholesale, and that means typically a used car dealer is going to is going to make around two thousand dollars profit selling the car. Um, on average, it doesn't mean it's always that high or or, or that low. Um, anything less than that, so I would say if you can get that thing for less than twenty seven thousand, um, then that would be a good deal. And that's out the door plus sales tax and license only. plate yeah. only. No, no fees. Don't let them add any no. dealer fees or any other hidden fees to that. Yeah, and uh, certain areas your dealer fees are significant. I'm talking thousands of dollars. So be sure you get a how much do I have to write my check for and hand it to you in the price. Don't let them sneak in those fees. Okay. Do we have any more? Yeah. Oh, we got uh, YouTube over here? Well, Guy Larrabee just wanted to say... When you mention the international listeners, don't forget our friends to the north, the Canadians. 
Uh -huh. We have a lot of Canadian listeners and viewers on YouTube. Mm. Well, thank you very good much. Point. Well, well let's how about some calls from Canada? I think we've had, we've had we may, something. We've had, okay, good. Yeah, yeah we have definitely have. Uh, speaking of calls, we're going to go back to the phones where Doug is waiting. And uh, Doug's part of the International Sunrise. He's part of uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. And, uh, well, we're waiting for him to sign up. Earl's Vigilantes. I wonder if he's interested. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. I'm here with Tim and uh, Ella and uh, wish you guys a happy morning. The sun, sunrise wasn't so pretty today. Yeah, sorry about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be taken away by that ocean. Oh, man, I'll tell you. It was something. <laughs> So I, I have a question. I have a Honda Civic Si, which I, I like a lot, but the tires are really noisy. Is there anything I can do about that? I mean, they're they're getting so noisy that I mean, it's loud. Doug, you talk like road noise, wind noise, that type of thing. You don't, you're not getting yeah. any. Yeah, road noise. Really. Yeah, Rick. Hmm. Are the tires cupping or are they? Are they wearing smooth and evenly, or do you have an issue with tire wear, maybe? They've always been kind of noisy, these tires, and they're not cheap. Yeah. But they're, but they're just, uh, they have a lot of road noise, and I've complained about them. And um, not gotten it anywhere. Yeah, unfortunately, noisy tires is generally due to the, the design of the tread, and some cars are just more susceptible to, to picking up noise from the tires. Uh, unfortunately, the best answer really would be to switch to a different brand of tire, a different brand and model of tire. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So what would you suggest? This is My personal favorite for, for tire brands are Toyo or Michelin. Uh, Toyos, have, to me, have been just fantastic tires. T-O-Y-O. Yep. And Michelin, of course, is, is well, I mean, they're, they're the Rolls-Royce of tires. Michelin just flat out, there's a reason they're expensive. It's because they are usually the best quality and the best tires. Uh, but you, what you might consider is go on some of the Honda forum sites nationwide and ask others, uh, uh, you know, ask in there if anyone's had this concern and what brand of tires they're running on their cars that they you know, would consider nice and quiet, uh, you probably yep. could get some really good interest on that and get a lot of opinions there and help you pick a brand of tire that would be just, you know, as, as quiet as could be on your car. Okay, because I'm getting tired of this, <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You know, that's a great way to go, um, Rick. Um, and also another way to go is uh, the Consumer Reports is just an amazing magazine. And uh, Doug, you can take a look at April's edition, and it has the uh, great. Uh, it has a issue filled with great tires uh, for less. If you you know you're having a problem with uh, replacing these tires, because you said they're very expensive tires, they're good tires, and you might be able to get yourself some sort of a well a remedy for your problem. Uh, so pick up a, an, an April edition of Consumer Report, and you'll find everything in there that you need to know about tires. 
Oh, and, and about Vigilante, if anyone needs help with computers, I'm a computer expert, and I teach people any age how to, you know, work oh. with computers and iPhones and all that stuff. And oh, wonderful. I can help you in Earl if you ever need it. Well, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, well, we'll put you on the number, you're number one on our list of uh, the new uh, senior car assistant buying program. Thank you so much, Doug. That's a, that's a great uh, find for us this morning because there are so many people out there that need help. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to help, absolutely. Thank you. Well, look, thanks again. Say, say hi to Ellen, Sam, and, uh, and call again. You haven't called in a while. I see you at sunrise every morning, but yeah. uh, call the show more often. We really appreciate it. I love your show, and I love you guys. You, you guys are amazing. Awesome. Mm. Oh, thank you. Was that Sam Morello that I just heard? Yes. That was Sam. Your cats are so smart, I never know for sure. <laughs> we hear from the whole family, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I need coffee, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Doug, thanks so much. We love hearing from you. Okay, thank you. Tell the family we said hello. Okay. Um, bye, guys. Okay. Bye. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of that. Let your voice be heard. I think we're going to go to Stu. Yeah. Let's get, get, get through some text. Um, we have one here. There's not a name on it. It says, good morning. I have a question uh, about neg negotiating dealer fees via email. So I've received four quotes for a used vehicle, and all the dealers said they wouldn't offset it by taking the dealer fee off the car. Each dealer is located more than three hours away from me. I feel without physically being there, I lost the leverage of threatening to just walk away. Do you have any advice on how I might make some progress by email, or do I just need to physically go to each dealership? Yeah, it's, uh, you're, you, you don't even want to have to argue the dealer fee issue. What you need to do is focus on one thing out-the-door price. Uh, some dealerships have a flat policy. They will not remove the dealer fee. Some salespeople actually believe they cannot remove the dealer fee because uh, the, the, the salespeople would remove the dealer fee in a heartbeat if they could get away with it because they don't get paid on the dealer fee. And if they could lower the price of the car to you, increase the, the chance of them selling you the car, and take off a $500 dealer fee or a $1,000 dealer fee, they would do it. So the dealer says, uh, you can't take it off. So uh, the way to go around the dealer fee issue is to say, I want your lowest out-the-door price, and I'm going to take that to your competition, and if, if they can't beat it, I'll buy it from you. If you don't give me that price, you have no chance of selling me a car. If you do give me the price, Yes, there's a chance you could lose the deal to your competition, but would you rather have some chance or no chance? Don't play the dealer fee game. It's uh, they're going to win that game, whether it's a dealer fee or whatever they call their hidden fees. Uh, they're they're not going to take it off in many cases, and even if they do take it off, the price still might not be competitive. The only way you know you got the lowest price is the price you write the check out for, hand it to the salesman, and drive the car home. That's the lowest price. Okay. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones where uh, Marty is holding. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you? Welcome back. We're fine, thank you. 
Good. I just have a quick question. Uh, I have a leased Camry, and I have an owned Camry. Uh, the leased Camry is up in November. My question to you is, if I don't buy another Toyota, I have to pay a 350 disposition fee. Is there any way to, to have them agree that since I do have another Toyota, to waive the 350 disposition fee? Marty, that's a, a charge by the leasing company, and then this, this area is Southeast Toyota uh, Leasing. Uh, so the leasing companies uh, do that. It's, uh, I think it's unconscionable. I don't like it. The dealer doesn't have the right to remove that, but the dealer will certainly take that into consideration, and uh, you can, in, in selling you the other car, they might even agree to absorb the V for you, but... Uh, I don't think he's buying another one. Yeah. Hmm? He's not buying another one. Yeah, I understand that. No, yeah. the yeah. thing is, is, my wife wants a Honda CRV. Yeah. So rather than a RAV4, obviously it's an incentive to buy a RAV4 because you're, you're getting the $500 coupon yeah. and the 350 disposition mm -hmm. fee. But if you'd rather have a different uh, you know, brand, you have to do it. But what I'll try to do, as you've known for some of my similar calls, I'll try to get the 350 off the Honda dealer. Yeah. Yeah. You say, listen, I'll, yeah, I got this expense. Uh, uh, Marty, well, we, we've excuse, tried. Excuse me, sir. When you do that, uh, Marty, be sure you wait until you've got your best price and then spring it on them just before you're getting ready to sign. <laughs> because if you tell them up front that they're going to please take up the 350, oh, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So, okay. Yeah, so, Marty, in the past, we actually had some success talking to it out of charging the, uh, the dealer fees. And then in the last uh, couple of years, it's they're they're hard and fast. They 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 don't waive it. So, right. um, but that's a great idea of using that in your negotiations for the Honda. And I just wanted to make a comment about your other caller when he's talking about the dealer fees. I bought a car from a different Toyota dealer too, and they keep the three the uh, their dealer fee on the final invoice. But as Earl said, and I agree a hundred percent, it's what you pay out the door. So you have to negotiate the price, yeah. and whatever they want to call it, they can put in a $2,000 dealer fee. But if you're getting the car for $3,000 less than anywhere else, you're still saving money. So it's the bottom line is the out-the-door price. Exactly. Okay. Oh, so excellent. Thanks, I'll Marty. Wait November and see what happens. Sounds good. All right, Keep thanks. us posted. Bye-bye. Thank you, Marty. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think by the look in Rick's eyes, he's uh, got some YouTubes over there. Got a couple of them. Uh, Donovan's asking, what's the best way to get an extended warranty canceled and refunded? Lou Backroot Chevy in uh, Coconut <laughs> Creek has been refusing to do anything with a warranty cancellation request. Huh. Well, the, the, key, the key thing to remember, that has to be within 90 days. Uh, Stu is shaking his head. Well, not for a full refund, but you can cancel it at any time yeah, during your well, loan. Yeah, but That's you, what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So uh, they'll flat cancel it if you have not used the warranty uh, for the first 90 days. One of the reasons they're dragging their feet at Lubach Road Chevrolet probably is so they can tell you, I'm sorry, they won't cancel it. The warranty company won't cancel it. So you have to get through to somebody in power 
that uh, will do the right thing, and you have the right to cancel it. Uh, first thing I'd do is I'd put it in writing. I'd send an email to the general manager of the dealership and saying, this is my formal request to cancel my extended warranty, give them the VIN number, the date of the price, date of the, of the sale, and that way they're stuck. Uh, they have to comply at that point. And as Steele was saying, you can cancel extended warranty uh, two or three years later, but they're going to use the rule of 78. They're going to charge you a high percentage of what you paid for it. And when you do cancel it, by the way, they're not going to take it off your uh, monthly payment. It'll be taken off the total price of the car, and the sum total of your monthly payments, you'll get the break on, but you're not going to get uh, the payment lowered by taking the extended warranty off, even within 90 days. Mm. And the other one I have here is Negan1. Good morning. I have a question for everybody on the show. What was their first car they learned to drive on? Mine was a 1980 Pinto with bald tires in the snow in Chicago. Not sure how I, how I survived that at 16 <laughs> years old. Learned real fast. Oh, I bet I got the oldest car. Mine was a 1951 <laughs> Pontiac. Stu, how about you? It was a 1984 pickup Toyota pickup truck, four-wheel drive stick shift. Oh. And Earl brought it home because he thought I should learn how to drive a standard transmission before anything else, so I did. And it was a small truck, but it had big tires, and it was really fun to drive. <laughs> and then my first car was a stick shift, so I was uh, I'm one of those old folks who could drive a stick shift. Nancy? Oh, you know me, my Barracuda. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jonathan, me how about you? Barracuda. 1973 Mercury Capri with a stick shift. In case you didn't hear that, with Jonathan's was a 73 Mercury Capri. Nice. Look Stick shift. Yeah. There you go. And my own was a 78 Ford Pinto. Not the hatchback. Had the little trunk on it. Pinto. And again, a stick shift. Yeah. Did you, did you drive that to North Shore High School? I did for, the, for my junior year. There you go. I don't know if I remember it. It was a long time ago. 1985. <laughs> a long time ago. Ooh, 84 and 85. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to take our first female caller who wins herself $50 this morning as a first-time female caller. Welcome, Deb. We're happy to hear good from morning. you. Thank you. It's good to hear from you all. Thank Wonderful you. show. Thank you for Thank all that you do um, information for us. Thank you so much. Um, my question is, my husband and I have a disagreement about headlights. I generally leave them on on the auto where they come on and off by themselves all the time, and he always feels like you need to turn them on. So can you just educate me a little bit if there's a little difference between those two or if they're, you know? I think Rick, Certainly. Rick talked about that last week, and I like uh, Rick's answer. My my personal preference, because it's, it's a matter of preference, but for me, I like to have my headlights on, actually on, all the time, because that way I have both the headlights and my taillights, and it improves safety because it makes my vehicle more visible from a greater distance. Now, just make sure you don't have the high beams on, Kurt. Set, set it for low beams. All right. But, oh, you... But on the auto, on the automatic headlights, um, that won't happen unless it gets really, really dark and cloudy. Right. So um, I, I'm I'm different. I don't want to be as safe as Rick is. Um, so I use the automatics. So I'm um, not doing what your husband recommends. I leave it in an automatic setting so I don't forget about it. And it will turn on if it you know as it starts to get darker in the day. 
Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I don't think it helps the car by turning it into the off position when you st stop the car. So No, no, it really doesn't. Yeah. And, and I'm like Rick. I, I keep my lights on. I, I just want to be visible. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought about the visibility and, and making yourself pre your presence known there for yeah. other drivers. So. I have a question for okay. Rick, though. I'm not sure how many cars, if you leave it on in the on position, the automatic, not all cars have automatic off. Is that correct? True. So Some you of the older run the cars. risk of burning out your battery if you get out and you don't re realize you left your light on. Sure. And in an attack on Rick, that's probably easier to do in the daytime, in the middle of the day, when you park your car. So there you go. I'm doing it right. You're doing it wrong. Cars, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> We're both doing it wrong. Would but, all newer cars, like I have a 2015 Jeep, would that have an automatic off where it would at least alarm if I, I turn the engine off? Yeah, you got to check it out. But by, by 2015, it was common to have automatic yeah. off headlights, yeah. And okay. most of the newer okay. cars Great. also, if you leave the headlights on and turn the ignition off and open the door, sounds a, a buzzer yeah. to let you know your headlights are on. So Rick's right and I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Okay, well, thank you all so much. Oh, you're I thank you. I appreciate the call, and, and congratulations on the 50 bucks. Yeah. 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 Spread well, the word. Thank you. Wonderful weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Happy Easter. Okay, folks, uh, we have, uh, as you can hear, a great show, and we thank you again for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Give us a call about anything, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. And again, your anonymous feedback. Don't forget. Back to Stu. Okay, we got a text from Dax from California. He says, Good morning, everyone. I need your help. What is your opinion? My daughter is in the market for a new car. Her first car, she's saving up for she's saving up for a down payment. She's at, has enough for twenty percent down. I'm thinking of paying the tax title and uh, tax title and tag processing fee separate from financing as a graduation present so it won't be part of the amount she, she'll be financing. In my mind, this would help her lower the monthly payment. Is this possible? And yeah, all you have to do is when you get the amount of that, add that to her down payment and she won't be financing that amount. And then he wants to know where would where's best start looking for incentives, the car manufacturer's website, the dealership's websites, um, and he appreciates all that we're doing. Um, most manufacturers have national incentives, so you can go to the manufacturer's website, so in any given month you can see what kind of special interest rates or rebates they have. Some manufacturers might have regional um, um, incentives, so the, probably the best way to do that was maybe look, uh, like Google local, like you're in California, you know, local Los Angeles Kia dealers or whatever you're looking at, to see if there is a, um, a, a regional thing. Other than that, I'm not quite sure how you would find out, if probably just through the dealer. Um, but it's got to come from the manufacturer. Ignore all dealer incentives. And Jack, uh, not to overanalyze this, but sometimes the cars that have the big, biggest incentives are the least popular and the ones that are hardest to sell. The ones that are in high demand, low supply, uh, tend to have no incentives. Right. And those same cars, high demand, low supply, typically will have a high resale value. So sometimes you're better off to pay um, for a car, a little bit more money with maybe no incentives, because when you trade that car in, your daughter, three or four or five years from now, whenever, uh, they will have a higher residual value, a higher trade-in. So look at the value of the car from the point of buying to the point of disposal, and put, it, put that in context with the incentives. Uh, I see huge incentives uh, to directly to customers and additional incentive to dealers 
I see incentives on cars of ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So if they're willing to knock fifteen thousand dollars off the price of a car, they're not selling it uh, uh, too well, and they're trying to, uh, you know, motivate the sales. So uh, take the, t the full picture of value before you go for a car with the highest incentive. Okay. Uh, next text, no name on it, says, I bought a used car about a year ago. It's a great car, but the driver's side seat belt retracts a little slow. I brought it to the selling dealer who checked it out and reported that the seat belt was operating properly, that the slow retraction wasn't affecting the way the seat belt worked, but they agreed it would be frustrating if their own seat belts worked that way, so the service manager somehow got the seat belt replacement covered by the manufacturer warranty. I couldn't believe it. My car is three years out of warranty. Can you guess the dealership? That's right. It was Roll Stewart. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, well I'll, tell, I'll, tell you I'll, I'll tell you a secret about that. I don't even know this for a fact, but I'd be willing to bet that we were able to get the manufacturer to pay for that. If there's anything a manufacturer is sensitive about, it's a safety item. So if you have anything, especially a seat belt, an airbag, uh, even your seat or your windshield, uh, things that you can verbalize as causing you a safety risk, You'd be surprised how far the manufacturer will go to take care of that with no charge. They don't want a customer on record complaining about a safety issue and having the dealer say, I'm sorry, it's on a warranty. And the customer says, well, I can't afford to fix it. And they drive out the door and something terrible happens. Next thing you know, you're looking at a multi-million dollar lawsuit. So push uh, safety issues with your dealer and go directly to the manufacturer if you have to, you'll often find them, they'll override the dealer's decision. Yeah, one, one uh, kind of cool thing here in Florida that a lot of folks don't know, you mentioned windshields. If you have a crack in your windshield that is more than a couple inches long, your insurance, your auto insurance, will cover replacing that windshield, no deductible, no charge, and you can call it pretty much any glass company that does automotive glass, most of, 90% of them will come to you and do the job wherever you are. And they, wow. get, re they get reimbursed because they do. it's a safety issue. Yep. Yeah, very good, Interesting. very good example, Rick, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, we're gonna go back to the phones and uh, we have got uh, Kevin, who's calling us from Buffalo, New York. Good morning. Good morning, team. Hope everybody's happy and happy Easter. Yes. I was really impressed listening to you, Earl, and it's a compliment to you and your entire team about the effort you're doing for the senior citizens about getting, you know, vaccinations and things like that. Thank you. I'm a little younger than you, Earl, but just this morning, I could not punch in a number on my computer. I couldn't figure out why, but I never had the numbers locked, locked on on the side keypad. So <laughs> there's always confusion, at least for me, too. <laughs> I've done that many times. But the good news is I learned what to look for and I realized what mistake I made. Yes. Um, also, I did not realize that when I bought a, a book for my recovering car salesman that the donations went to a, a, a rest dog rescue. That was very nice of you to do that, Earl. And Thank you. You and your team giving to the community is, is very, very good. Thank you very much. Well, I'm going to take, it. I'm gonna take an, as an example to put a hold up the book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, and you write it from Kevin. You buy that on Amazon, I think it's about 20 bucks, and all the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Woof, woof. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big dog is talking, but it's uh, very good. 
very mm. kind of you. Uh, and, you know, I'm, you talked about the Canada. I'm just over the border from Canada, from Ontario, Canada. So we've been shut out from going to Canada for the last year and a half because of COVID, but hopefully we'll get back in there. This is my concern, or a question was brought up to me. My friend's wife has a BMW X3, and I don't know nothing about BMWs and what's an X3. Uh -huh. But my wife said to her friend, she was having some trouble. Since my husband listens to this guy named Earl on the radio, so maybe he can help you. And her concern was, or her problem is, she's got a 2019 BMW X3, and it only has 5,000 miles on it, and it's been in the shop numerous times with a check engine light. Not like in Florida, but in New York, you get an annual inspection, and if you have a check engine light on, it will not pass inspection. So it's been in and out of the shop numerous times for that, and now it's in the shop for four weeks now because they can't figure out the problem. I would so go. She said, well, could you give me a comparable car? Because this is just a lemon. And according to BMW corporate they don't have a comparable car that's a 2019 same style with 5,000 miles on it but they offered her this go out and take a car off the lot similar and we'll trade it like that well their trade was yeah they'll trade she paid two years on her five-year note already but they wanted to extend a note so another five years plus she put ten thousand dollars on the original car and that doesn't sound like a fair deal to me because you bought a car with good faith and now they just can't figure out what's wrong with it. Any guidance in giving her some advice on how to uh, resolve her situation here? Kevin, uh, the car should be under warranty, and uh, uh, I'm sure New York has got a lemon law. All states have lemon laws. Um, they're all a little bit different. But the first thing she should do is uh, file a written complaint with the dealer and copy the manufacturer. Uh, in Florida's lemon law, you have uh, three chances to correct a problem. And if that, after that, it goes to a judge or an arbitration panel, and uh, they can refund the money on your car, uh, prorated based on the amount of use you've already had with it. But the best way to get a dealer's attention and particularly the manufacturer's attention is to file a lemon law complaint. You don't even have to file it. You can just say, listen, uh, I want this fixed. You put it in writing, email, or text, as long as it's in writing, and say, this is your notice. You're on notice now that uh, you have one more chance to fix this car or else I'm going to file a lemon law complaint. They, they hate that. So uh, I, I think you need to get the manufacturer's involvement. There's no reason why this car should have the uh, check engine light coming on over and over and over. Now, I know what Rick's thinking, and I thought about it too. It could be different issues, but that's highly unlikely that over a short period of time you'd have the check engine light come on repeatedly. So it sounds to me like the dealer doesn't know what he's doing. I either need to go to another dealer or you need to file a lemon law complaint. Alrighty, thank you. I, I know it's complicated because of all the computers and the technology and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But I have a question on the technician side of it. Now, now it's been in the shop this time four weeks. Would a technician get paid for doing warranty? And it's still under warranty since 2019 and only 5,000 miles, so it's putting the miles with it. Yes. Would a technician get money for being working on it to try to diagnose this problem, or would they just do something that he would not get paid for? It's, it's baked into what they get paid, Kevin. There's a included as a diagnostic charge. There. What what technicians don't get paid on normally is uh, extra long diagnosis. In other words, you have a, a problem that's difficult, and uh, if you if, if you spend too long 
Um, they, they draw the line on how much time is permitted for diagnosis, but they do. But they, they do. Uh, technicians make good money when they fix something under warranty, and uh, there's no reason why a technician should uh, hesitate. You go back years when I was the first in the business when I was young. The car dealers uh, hated warranty work. They sometimes would refuse to do warranty work because the manufacturers wouldn't pay them. Uh, you know, you'd come in to have a warranty work done, and the dealer would say, "Take it somewhere else. You didn't buy the car from me." Uh, today, uh, the, the laws require that the manufacturer pay the dealer the same price that he charges the customer, in generally speaking. But it is a very generous payment to the dealer to do warranty work, and the technician makes good money on it. Rick? It typically, now this is what would happen in a Toyota situation. If I had a car come in that I was flat out unable to figure out what was going on, if I had uh, even just two chances at it, the second time around, I contact Toyota, our technical assistance system, and if they can't give me a proper direction, they will send a field tech specialist out to us, who is one of the engineer level people, and they will come out, and not only will they be working on the car, but they'll also be in contact with engineers that they can access through Toyota, and I mean, Toyota will stand by it. They, they will really do quite a few things to try to get a car fixed to avoid a Lemon Law buyback. If the dealer lets them know about the problem. So True. In this case here, the BMW dealer is incompetent, and uh, he's not doing what he should do. That, that sounds like what's going on. They're, they're not getting proper assistance like they ought to be. Hmm. Okay. You know, if, if I was a technician and trying to find an unusual problem that's hard to diagnose or complicated. I get frustrated and say, I, I, I got to step away because I, I just can't, I don't know what's going on. So I find out that might be a part of the problem too. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, All right, Pete. Thank, thanks very much for calling, Kevin. Yeah, it was great hearing from you, time, Kevin. I don't take anybody else's time, but thank you for all the help you provide for everybody. Thank you. Oh, please call again. You're, you're a good caller. We, we uh, thought that was a question that uh, probably on the minds of a lot of people out there. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Every Goodbye. question is important. Every opinion. We love hearing from you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Sure. We got a text from Gary. It says, good morning, Earl, on the headlights. Uh, leaving the headlights on, that was a great when you could just change the light bulb. Now it takes $150 to take half the car apart to change the light bulb. That's why I don't leave mine on. Well, or the LEDs, uh, they pretty much last forever, don't they? LEDs yeah. will outlast anything, and the HID, high-intensity discharge bulbs, they'll do, I don't know, three times, four times the lifespan of the yeah. regular incandescent bulbs that right. we used to use. But you do have, still have to take half the car apart to change it, so Gary's still right. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so good. It's still expensive, though. Um, we got a question, question for Rick from Dennis. He says... Uh, 2008 Ford Fusion airbag issue. In below freezing temps, the airbag warning light goes on until the engine compartment is warm enough for it to go off. Any ideas? Dealer doesn't know, but is willing to tear into it and see what happens. Thanks for your great show. And that's Dennis. My first thought is that one of the connectors does not have a, a good proper connection, and in the cold temperatures, 
uh, contraction and expansion of uh, by heat it's something's losing contact and that's what's causing your light to come on they need to check each of those connectors and check the wiring to see where something is contracting back a little bit due to cold temperatures and losing its contact yeah that's a good good way of kind of looking anytime i mean the way uh, cold affects materials expansion contraction that yeah, yeah makes complete sense to me um, we have a new name on this. It's a Texas. Have you seen the special Land Cruiser that Toyota built that was designed to deliver vaccines? 400 doses at the cold temperatures required for the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. They made it to deliver doses to remote areas in underdeveloped countries. Oh. Impressive work by Toyota. Cool. I, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, there's a link to the article, so we can, we can share that with each other. Uh, here's a great question. We do get this from time to time. How do I get rid of an ant infestation in my car? Nothing seems to work. Spring, traps, help me. Best um. advice that I know, and I've actually had to do this for customers and even for my own, is the uh, um. RAID fumigators. Yeah. The dry smoke fumigators. Don't be afraid to set off like two or three of those in your car. Uh, be very careful that you have the ignition off and open your windows and let it air out for a couple hours afterwards. But that'll get rid of them. Okay, I'll repeat that again. The, uh, the Raid main... Dry Smoke Fumigator. Ra- Raid like in? Raid like the, the product oh. Raid, R-A-I-D. And it's a little plastic cup with a metal can inside. Oh. You, you pull the, the foil lid off it, pull the can out, and you put about a quarter inch of water in the plastic cup, then drop the can back in. And it begins a chemical reaction that starts letting off this white smoke. Do you use one can per car, or can you shut it off? I, I would do two or three. It, you Once it starts, you can't shut it off. It oh, just okay. goes. It's like but, a bomb. <laughs> yeah, it. they come like two or three in a package. Oh. And just set them inside the car, maybe one in the trunk, yeah. a couple of them up in the passenger compartment, and just let them go. Yeah, well, you, you can get them at Publix or anywhere. They're yeah. just uh, they're designed to put like in a cabinet if you have roaches and yep. things like that. Will it yeah. permanently do it? I mean, uh, not permanent, but no. it will. It will kill every every living thing all in that current, car. All the it current will ants. Kill it. No, Nothing's going to live. Killing yeah. humans. Oh yeah, yes. it, sure you, you don't, don't want to be in there with them. Don't leave any mm-hmm. pets in there. Oh. I'll, I'll tell you what, folks. Where can you go for all this free information? Right here. Adderall Stewart on cars. It's just amazing uh, the questions we are asked and the answers that we receive. And all of you are very important part of the show. We're going to go back to Stu, yep. who has some text over there. We're going to jump over to some anonymous feedback. Uh, first one says, "I watched your YouTube video on license plate scanning and how dealers can obtain my credit history from the reporting agencies. I have freezes on my account with all three of my bureaus." Could a car dealer still get my credit history information? I looked that up because I saw this came in the other day. And uh, the answer is no, they cannot. A credit freeze will protect you against regular credit polls and also the soft credit polls that we spoke about last week. For anybody who didn't hear the show last week, uh, we were talking about how through your uh, your license plate, um, a a scanner can uh, ping over the Internet the Department of Motor Vehicles um, find the VIN and get find out who you are and do what's called a soft credit pull, and it's uh, it's a way of running your credit. It doesn't show up on your credit report, and it is legal um, for credit um, credit uh, creditors like banks. Whenever you get a pre-authorized uh, credit card in the mail, they've run a, uh, a, a soft credit pull on you, and car dealers are also legally allowed to do this. 
as creepy as it sounds. <laughs> they are legal. But if you have a freezer on your credit, which I recommend, that's one of the coolest things in the world that I've ever seen. I've known people who do this. No one can run any credit report on you, so you're protected against identity theft. And also, it's kind of great at a car dealership because we've used that in shopping reports. When car dealers try to pressure you to fill out a credit application, all you can say is that you have a freeze on your credit, and uh, which is a good idea to have anyway, and that prevents them from running the credit. So it doesn't. It's, there's, there's a downside, no negative to that, except you have to take it off when you make a purchase. Right. So if you, you know, there's a, a few steps. I don't think it's any harder than going online and um, and checking unfreeze, but it adds a, an extra step whenever you're trying to right. buy anything with credit. Yeah. But which is great because, I mean, how many people haven't had a fraud alert on their debit card or something at some point in their life? Without this, you can kind of rest assured that you're, you're, no one's spending, the, spending your money. Okay, uh, the next one. Uh, <laughs> hey, Earl, between the mask, the hat, the headphones, the glasses, and the microphone, your face is nearly completely hidden. I've forgotten what you look like. When will we see your handsome face again? Okay, ready? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> oh, can, it, that's all you get. All right. <laughs> pretty soon, we're all vaccinated, and uh, we're going to have. Uh, we're yeah. going to be uh, pretty soon. Rick's vaccinated. Yeah. Stu's vaccinated. We got two more coming. Yeah. Nancy vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Like a month we're or getting so. Jonathan vaccinated, yeah. and so the whole crew will be, and we'll be maskless probably in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. I've got uh, two and a half weeks to my second dose. Very yep. good. Me too, on the 12th. Yeah. So you'll be able to understand us uh, just a little better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we've kind of gotten used to the slightly muffled sound to our voice. The audio quality of, of Earl on Cars is going to vastly improve this summer. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, you have a call? Yes, we Great. do. We have, a, we have a caller, and uh, it's Bob who's calling us from uh, Delray Beach. Good morning, Bob. Hi. How Hi, are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm great, thank you. Hope everybody's well over there. I, I just wanted to share a story about a friend of mine who had a car and he brought it back to the dealer after about 7,000 miles because there was a problem with his brakes. And the dealer insisted that it wasn't covered under warranty and that they would have to pay for the brake job, which that in itself was fishy anyway. Uh, he ended up paying for the brake job because he got frustrated and walked out. And for some reason, he had decided to do a Google search on it and came up that there were a lot of problems with this and that some dealers had replaced it under warranty. He took the manufacturer to mitigate, uh, mitigate or not mitigate, arbitration, I guess it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, judge, the judge saw it and immediately paid him. So... My point would be that when people have issues with their vehicles, sometimes it's a good move to do a Google search and see, uh, you know, what's out there, what people are posting. Yeah. Bob, excellent point, and uh, it, it kind of reinforces our discussion about seniors and cyber savvy and being able to use a computer. Uh, frankly, I don't know how anyone gets through life without Google, but we have uh, a large number of people who don't use Google and uh, don't have uh, the way to access Google. But uh, you have a huge tool there. And back on the brick subject, I alluded earlier in the show, safety items get everybody's attention. When you say a brake problem, the dealer mistakenly thought that it was a, it was a maintenance problem. And warranties do not cover uh, maintenance. But 
they misdiagnosed it apparently because after you say your friend got online, found out it was a chronic problem, and then everybody snapped to attention and took care of it. But uh, it, it was a it was a sloppy dealer that would not look hard and close at any kind of a complaint about a brake problem. You're you're asking to be put out of business. The funny thing was that he was about to buy their new SUV, and instead he went back to the previous uh, car that he owned and just bought that car again. Yeah. But um, you know what? I would just like to add about your seniors. Uh, it, it's a terrific idea, and um, you know a lot of people, a lot of seniors are worried about a COVID ops, uh, of course. So Zoom would be an excellent way to walk through somebody with, with uh, screen sharing. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's the online process is is great for a lot of reasons. One reason is you maintain your privacy. They don't know who you are, so you avoid the harassment, the phone calls, the follow-ups, the mails, the emails, uh, and you can contact an infinite number of dealers. Not literally, but you know, instead of checking with two or three dealers, which I always recommend, you could check with 20 or 30 dealers online, and uh, a fraction of the time it takes you to go into one dealership. So uh, you have uh, these people that are tech savvy, cyber savvy, and are using computers are buying the cars at fantastic prices. If everybody could buy a car that cheap, the dealers would be out of business. So they have to make it up on the people that don't know how to do it. And these are the seniors that don't understand how to use a computer. Well, I get it. I was a car salesman a hundred years ago. That's when I met my wife. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's a great thing, and anything I can do to help as a vigilante, I'm happy to do so. And uh, it's a great service you are all providing, and I thank you for being there. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so okay, much. Have a, you're welcome. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Boy, what a great idea that you came up with. There are a lot of uh, consumers that are very interested in that. And uh, we have a, a couple that have just texted and said, Bob's on board, Doug's on board. Cool. So, and then Bob from uh, Del Rey. So cool. it's a good thing. Cool. They need to come up with a cool name. Cool. I'll, let it, I'll let it churn around. I'll come up with something good. Yeah. Churn? It churns. <laughs> my brain does. You can hear it. If you're, if you're quiet, you I can hear my lot, brain. I do a lot of churning. <laughs> it sounds like a mop in a bucket. Kind of. um, sounds like my popcorn popper. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so the, well, let's go back to some anonymous feedback. We have one here. I don't remember what we were talking about that prompted this. We were talking about last week. It says, Earl, don't expect me to stop to help you when I see you standing on the side of the road. You were offered an extended warranty several times. <laughs> I don't know if that's satire, like, you know, they're uh, playing the role of an F&I manager who warns you that your car is going to break down and you're going to be screwed if you don't buy the warranty, or if it's a response to your, <laughs> you talking about warranties. But it's pretty funny. Well, uh, just for whatever it's worth, I don't know what people promise you when you buy an extended warranty, but one of the things you don't get is they're not going to give you roadside assistance. Right. That's another product. So right. they'll sell you the extended warranty. But if you break down the side of the road, you're right. still screwed because nobody's going to come and help you. Exactly. You're still yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you got to get it to the dealership. Um, last week, you disagreed with a caller who who called it denims and hidden fees price gouging. But in 2011, you, you, you your blog posted an article titled "Gas Price Gouging Is Illegal. Why Not Car Price Gouging?" In the article, you cited the law that said it was illegal to charge a price 
that was grossly that grossly exceeded the average price for that item. What's the difference now? Before you answer, I looked up the blog, um, and there was some context there that the the poster left out. You were specifically talking about there was a parts in a car shortage because of the tsunami that hit Japan in March of 2011. And immediately after that, dealers, Toyota dealers, began putting these huge market addendums because of the shortage of cars um, and parts that were coming out of northeast Japan. And in that case, it was a, um, a situation kind of like a hurricane. It was a, there was a natural disaster that prompted a lot of dealers to do some unethical behavior, and that's what specifically what we were talking to. Yeah. Now, in fairness to the caller, you were talking about addendum stickers and all that sort of stuff, but these were, if you see a $5,000 addendum today, which you just might <laughs> in the mystery shopping report, um, we were talking ten, fifteen thousand dollar denims back in uh, in April and in May of 2011. I remember that yeah. clearly. Yeah, I, I read that anonymous feedback, and I'm going to be a little harder on myself than you were. Uh, I think I was wrong about that. You know, price gouging has two definitions: the literal price gouging, meaning you're charging a lot of money uh, higher than you charge everybody else. And then it has a legal uh, definition. Price gouging legally is when you have a necessary product in short supply. For example, during a hurricane, water. you need you, know, you need water, uh, you need gasoline, and it is against the law. The price gouging is a legal term, uh, but in cases of cars, just because a dealer charges a little old lady a ten thousand dollar profit, but the sharp high pressure uh, attorney comes in, buys a car for cost. Uh, he, literally, legally, uh, literally it was price gouging. Legally, it was not price gouging because, unfortunately, it's buyer beware. When you go into a car dealership, the price you pay is going to depend on your negotiating skills or on your online buying skills, and uh, that's the way it is. It's buyer beware. Caveat emptor. That's right. I like that. There's a distinction between uh, moral price gouging and then legal. Legal. So, yeah. yeah, we see the moral stuff every day. Um, more anonymous feedback. I have a question about doc stamps. What is it, and should I pay it? It looks like a legitimate government fee, but I've only seen it on one quote out of many. The dealer said it was a DMV fee when property is transferred. Thanks. That's uh, that's not what doc stamps are. Yeah. Doc stamps is a fee paid to the bank um, when you finance a car. Yeah. Doc, doc stamps, even if uh, even if you finance a car, the, the bank is charging the fee, not the dealer. Correct. And the amount of the fee is not anywhere near what the dealer's charging. And uh, so, uh, in some states, it's illegal. I believe North Carolina is one of them, and I believe uh, Missouri or there's another state that makes it illegal to call your hidden fee a doc fee. Yeah. Doc stands for documentary, and as Stu said, it's a lending institution that has to charge that. It's a tax that they have to pass along to the federal government. So uh, it's a legitimate fee. Mm -hmm. Dealer calls it a doc fee, it's profit. And in several states it's illegal. It should be illegal in Florida, but Florida lets you, you can call your hidden fees anything you want to. You can call it chopped liver. Larry. You can call it a, a, a you, know, you got to pay, pay Larry seven hundred dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the but we have seen dealers that are using that specific term doc stamps as another little mini a dealer yeah, fee. We've yeah. seen it in mystery shopping reports, and we just find that kind of funny because 
these are on like cash purchases and they're putting doc stamps, which is only relevant when you're speaking about a loan and you're financing. I'd like to purchase. see that tested in court because it would be like saying yeah. sales tax. Right. Sales tax is a tax that has to be remitted to the state. Uh, doc fees are, are taxes that have to be remitted to the federal government. So when you tell someone that you owe me $180 in doc fees and you think you're paying the federal government a tax, you're not. Why isn't it the same thing as a sales tax? Why can you lie to a customer about a doc fee, but not lie to a customer about sales tax? It makes no sense. Yeah, we found a few dealers, even good ones. I think Molinex at one point had a buyer's order that had doc stamps, yeah. and it was a small amount. It was like $27, yeah. but it was definitely improperly used. And we have some lawyer listeners out there. You lawyers out there listening to the show, let's hear your opinion on if, why is it legal to lie to a customer and call your hidden fee a doc fee when the banks get none of that and neither does the federal government? Okay, one more anonymous feedback. What is the best way to approach dealer fees? Should I address it directly and ask them to offset it in the price of the car, or should I just negotiate the out-the-door price and deduct the fees from my offer? Would dealers be more likely to work with the fees using one way or the other? Well, I answered that before, Stu. You can, uh, you're obviously going to yeah, work. I think, I mean, we, we do sound like a broken record sometimes, um, but you can kind of ignore the dealer fees when you, you all you want is an out-the-door price. Um, when you're looking online and you're looking at prices and advertisements and things like that, um, well, number one, don't forget about the advertisements, but if you're looking at online listings, just you got to remember that those prices are going to be, uh, dealer fees are going to be added to that price. So when you're getting your prices, don't ask for the price, your best price, ask for the best out-the-door price, what you'd be writing the check for. Um, and that, if that's the case, then it doesn't matter what the dealer fee is. We we once ran an ad um, in the paper where we said we were selling a brand new Camry for one dollar, but then in the fine print, by the way, and it wasn't fine. We did a giant joke fine print that said that we had a twenty thousand dollar dealer fee. And, and that's uh, an here, here's another reason you don't want to play their game. Dealers can call the hidden fee anything they want to. Uh, dealer fee has become a generic term for it. So we have dealers out there advertising, we charge no dealer fee. So their $1,000 dealer fee, they change the name to doc fee, or they change the name to tag agency fee, or they change the name to administrative fee. Uh, you can call in Florida, in some states they have more regulation, but in Florida you can call a hidden fee anything you want to. We talked about that also. So uh, don't play the dealer's game. You can say to the dealer, listen, I know you got fees. Uh, you don't have to argue about it. Uh, uh, all I want is the price of your car that I can write you a check for and take the car home. You give me that price, I'm going to take it to your competition, shop it, compare it, and if your price is the lowest, I'll be in to buy the car with my check. But if you try to slip something in on me, I'm out of there. So mm -hmm. uh, don't play the, game, the dealer fee mm -hmm. game. Just get the bottom line of the price game. And to back you up, we have another anonymous feedback that just came in. It says, I can vouch with Earl for Earl about the dealer fee and out-the-door pricing. I was able to get Lexus at Jacksonville, who has a dealer fee, beat the outdoor out-the-door price for JM Lexus and Lexus Orlando, who are both no dealer fee dealers. I played the quotes of each offer, um, but the dealer fee dealership came in $1,000 less than the others. The vehicles are extremely similar and were on, and were on their lot for less than two weeks. So... That's the perfect application of what we're talking about. Fantastic. If you want to get an out-the-door price on a Lexus, call JM Lexus and uh, Margate, and uh, Margate, Florida, they're around 
Coconut Creek and mm -hmm. in Fort Lauderdale area. They're the largest Lexus dealer in the world. They're legitimate, they're honest. Uh, I know the general manager, there's a real nice guy, his name is Stephen Smiley, and uh, they treat you right, and uh, it's a pleasant experience. And what they do that practically no other Lexus dealer or car dealer does is they put their out-the-door plies plus sales tax and license plate only on every car. So if you, if you live in Jacksonville or if you live in Kentucky or you live somewhere else and you want to get a better price from your local dealer, get the lowest price from JM Lexus, take it into well, them. As a matter of fact, JM Lexus puts their out-the-door price with tax and tag online. Yeah, they use the same uh, same setup we we do. Right, you write the check for it, yeah. and you you drive the car home. They have a small fee. They call a tag agency fee for I think it's eighty bucks. Uh, I was talking to the general manager about why do you do that, and he says I'm thinking about it. I'm wondering why we do it. Uh, but when you're buying a you know a hundred thousand dollar Lexus, eighty bucks is not going to break the deal. Right. Uh, I just thought it would be better to be squeaky clean and say yeah. no hidden fees. Go, go all the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's tough maneuvering your way around this, uh, I'm going to call it a minefield, and uh, we're just so happy to be here and to be answering your questions, and uh, we hope that we've been a big help to you. Uh, uh, ladies out uh, there, I have one more. Uh, I have one more winner I'm waiting for, and that's $50 for that next new lady caller, $50. So. Uh, Got some time left, ladies. Uh, give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, we got a couple more texts that came in. Uh, Joe texts us and says, My grandson is thinking of buying a 2021 Dodge Challenger SET. Cost is $90,000 plus $30,000 in add-ons. The total is $120,000. Is it fair to assume the profit on the add-ons is 40% and the profit on the actual car is 25%? This is helping me form a fair offer. I know there's plenty of wiggle room on the price of the car. I'm going to be presumptuous and just say, stop thinking about that. Don't, okay. th who, who, you don't know what their margin is. They don't know what their margin is, 25%, 40%. Every make model's got a different markup. Yeah. Don't even worry about that. I, even on a... This doesn't mean that they're going to price the car very low. These cars are these high-demand, low-supply cars that we've talked about. So it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily get the offer. You, but you still got to play. There's plenty of Dodge dealers out there, and so you got to play the dealers off each other. And also, we forget about some of the other resources. Uh, go on to TrueCar.com. It's probably fair to say that these dealers will not have these cars in the Costco auto buying program because they're kind of a one-of-a-kind vehicle. But TrueCar should give you an idea of what the pricing should be, armed with that and multiple quotes from different dealers. And on a car like this, I would say it would be a good idea to kind of get out of your local area. I mean, you can get yeah. quotes all over Florida, if I'm not sure where you are, but all over your state um, or even outside of your state. And because uh, a car like this um, is something that you got to put some t uh, time into to get those uh, competing quotes. And that's how you're going to get the best price. Competition, competition, competition. It's the biggest enemy of the dealer it's your best friend and dealers are insanely competitive this uh, mystery shopping report we've got coming up very shortly has to do with the a battle between the number two and number three highest volume Toyota dealerships in the world they are insanely competitive they're only a few miles apart and they will do anything to outsell the other dealership 
they are, they can't help themselves. So when you work one dealer against another dealer, they're, they're killing each other. Competition, they'll do anything to sell a car. So don't play the dealer fee, addendum, uh, um, you know, uh, don't play any of that. Play the competition weapon that you have. Tell them, don't to keep it a secret. Say, look, I'm going to this dealer, this dealer, and this dealer that sells the exact same product you do, and I'm going to buy it from the one that gives me the lowest out-the-door price. Yeah. That is the most powerful way to get the best price. Yeah, stand your ground. And do it online so you don't have to get into an argument. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're going to run to a dealer who just doesn't feel the same way about these kind of these rare cars. Yeah. A case in point, uh, Al Hendrickson, who we mystery shopped today, uh, we had lost a deal on a, a Prius Prime, which is kind of a hard-to-get vehicle, um, and we priced it according to what we thought the uh, supply and demand situation was. And we thought we had a, a low price, but we thought that it was uh, respect to the fact that these were hard to get. Uh, and Al Hankson didn't care about any of that stuff, and they blew this car out for, like, nothing. So you might find a Dodge dealer who will, will sell you the, that car for a really, really, really low profit. So yeah. we don't know. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones where uh, Laurie first-time female caller Ooh, wow. is calling us from Palm Beach Gardens and she has won herself $50 this morning. Good morning, Laurie. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and happy Easter to you both. Thank you very much. <laughs> what can we do for you this morning? Well, I have a 2008 Mazda MX-5 and I don't drive it enough to change the oil very often. Is there a certain amount of time that I should have the oil changed even if I don't hit the 5,000 mile mark? I mean, I'm talking, it would take me maybe a year. I'm one of these drive it to church on Sunday. So I'm, I'm afraid that if I let it sit, I mean, I might ride it up and down to the store, but everything is so close here that I don't get a lot of miles. So I don't know if I should have the oil changed at a, a yearly interval or if I should just wait for the 5,000 miles. There's six months on, synthetic, on, on fossil oil, regular oil, and it's 12 months on synthetic oil. So if you're using synthetic oil, you should have it changed at least once a year. Yep, and I'm looking okay. at the, the the maintenance schedule for the Mazda MX-5. It calls for an oil change once a year, regardless of miles. Okay. That's, that that, that's counterintuitive. A lot of people don't understand that, and it is a little, even to me, when I hear it, I say, what? But uh, Rick is the expert, and he'll tell you that oil sitting and not being driven uh, is is hurting the oil about as much as driving it. So. If, if you, you get condensation, you can get uh, uh, pollution uh, moisture, especially in high humidity, hot states like Florida. So even if you don't drive the car at all, you should change the oil once a year. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for calling. And spread the word. $50 for the first two new lady callers every Saturday morning. Thank you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, um, you know, I just noticed our 
Our phone lines are going to be uh, shut down for now because we're going to go to the mystery shop room for Stu probably has a few texts to share with us before that. Actually, we, it's perfect. We have one more text. The timing is perfect. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Steve in New Jersey. Rick, pay attention. <laughs> says, good morning, Earl. Uh, Steve from New Jersey. Rick, last Saturday you said that it's difficult to apply clear protective film to the headlights. I respectfully disagree. I purchased film that was pre-cut to my specific car. After Ooh. spraying a very light, soapy solution, the film was easily positioned. I encourage all, particularly with a new car purchase, to try this. A very easy DIY MIO. And for those who don't know what that means, it's do-it-yourself, in my opinion. I Different will, product. I will disagree for one point. The shapes of headlights can vary greatly. And some cars, yeah, it would be a very but easy installation. But he said it was custom made for his car. Uh, I, I don't know what his car was that he's driving, so yeah. it could be the shape of his particular headlight was one that's very easy to oh, apply. Oh, I, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, see, you look at like a, a Prius Prime or even some of the newest Priuses, those headlights have got long, they've got curves, they've got long angles yeah. to them, and those could be incredibly difficult to really get it to stretch right. Yeah. You would need a heat gun. Uh, it's kind of like putting a... Uh, uh, the wrap on a car, you know, when, mm -hmm. when you're putting that vinyl wrap on cars. Gotcha. Yeah. Some cars would be very yeah. easy. Others, whoo-hoo. I know Steve has a Subaru. I'm not wondering if it's the Subaru. Um, I can't remember what model it was. Steve, text me. Let me know what yeah. kind of car you're driving. I'm, I'm glad you had a good good installation with them. I'm glad it went well for you. And I guarantee you're going to like the outcome of how long that plastic, will, that mm. vinyl wrap will protect your headlights and how great a job it does. Wow. Great asset. Anonymous Media just, just popped in. Last one. It says, and uh, this sounds like a joke, for the guy from New York, the simple solution is to take advice from others and leave the state. Problem solved. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we're done. Ready for the Mr. Shopping Report. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> like Stu said, we're ready for the Mystery Shopping Report, and we'd like you to vote on it. And the Mystery Shopping Report is from Al Hendrickson Toyota. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, uh, this is, uh, I guess it's, uh, we probably shot down Henderson several times, and, and they're kind of far uh, from uh, this area, but uh, because they're so big, uh, they are, I, I would say, uh, when we say the largest Toyota dealership, we're really saying the largest car dealership, because Toyota in this market down in South Florida, and in fact in the Southeast region, uh, Toyota is the number one selling vehicle. And so Alla Hendrickson Toyota is the number two or number three volume car dealership in the world. And uh, Hollywood Toyota is the number two or three, and they're, they're vying for being number one or two or three. And uh, insane competition going on there in the in South Florida area with Toyota. So uh, on when you hear these numbers uh, that are being retailed, the, the, by the way, the largest Toyota dealership in the world is Longo Toyota, and they're in Los Angeles or near Los Angeles. Huge. I mean, they've been, uh, they were so far ahead of everybody else for so many years. And now uh, we got Al Hendrickson and Hollywood Toyota nipping at Longo's heels. Now, Longo is no longer with us. He passed away. Uh, it's owned by Penske, uh, and it's owned by actually Greg Penske, 
uh, the son of Roger Penske uh, of the Penske Automotive Group and also Roger Penske, the famous race car driver. So that is the guy that uh, runs Longo Toyota now, and they're huge. Um, and uh, back in the uh, back in 1967, uh, uh, well, let's say in, in 2020 during the pandemic, uh, Longo sold 11,200 new Toyotas. Now think about that, 11,200 new Toyotas. This year, uh, they this year before they sold 14,590 to keep this perspective. I can't even imagine numbers that big. And uh, 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 in my dealership, I sell 3,500 car Toyotas a year. So it's a, it's a huge number, and we're considered a large dealership at uh, our Toyota dealership. So anyway, that's the, the bigger you are, the, the more competitive you are, and the more insanely you want to be number one. And I talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, competition is your best friend. And it's a dealer's enemy because it costs them money to be competitive. Uh, we got, as I said before, Toyota Hollywood and Al Hendrickson Toyota, and you can go down there to both places and you got to buy a car. Uh, what you have to remember is that they make their profit on the people that are not savvy on negotiating and or online buying. If you really know what you're doing, you can buy a car for less money at Toyota of Hollywood, a Toyota for less money at Toyota Hollywood, or Al Hendrickson Toyota. If you really know what you're doing, uh, then you can't anywhere else. But if you don't, watch out. If you don't, uh, you're you're dead meat. And uh, the prices down there, they have huge hidden fees, huge addendum labels, and every guy and gal that walks into those two dealerships, in fact, it's all car dealerships pays a different price for the exact same car on the same day. That's that's the game. So if you're if you're savvy and sharp and tough, boy, what a great place to get a good deal on a car. Nipping and Longo's heels, and uh, we just talked about that. Our Toyota and Al Hendrickson uh, Toyota now currently is number two in volume in the world, and uh, along comes Al Hendrickson to challenge that. In the last month, Al Hendrickson outsold outsold Hollywood Toyota. They're number two in the world for the month of March. Uh, right behind Toyota Hollywood, in third place, that's Al, okay, they're at Coconut Creek. Uh, and uh, 2020, Al Hendrickson sold 7,422. I mean, I say these numbers, I choke. That's a lot of new Toyotas. Uh, a slight increase from their pre-pandemic sale volume of 7,384 in 2019. Al Henderson has been climbing up the volume uh, ranking over the last several years. They finally edged out Houston, Texas, Fred Haas Toyota World for the uh, show position, number three, in 2020. And here's an interesting little personal note. I know, uh, I knew Fred Haas, uh, I know Al Hendrickson, and I know Craig Zinn, the owners of Al Hendrickson, owns, of course, Al Hendrickson Toyota. Craig Zinn owns Hollywood Toyota, Fred Haas owned. Uh, the uh, last Toyota uh, in uh, Texas. And uh, they're nice guys. All these are really individually owned. Even Longo is individually owned. They're not part of a big group, even though I don't even think Longo is part of the Penske Automotive Group. I think it's owned separately by Penske. Yeah. 
So, uh, three individually owned dealerships, and that's where that's where the egos really get involved. If you if you're going to get if you want a uh, deadly ego uh, to work in your favor, buy from a dealer that owns the dealership himself, and not from an automotive group. Uh, AutoNation, uh, even the Penske Auto Group, uh, Sonic. Uh, there are a number of large uh, retail auto groups. They have controls that they don't let the cars be sold for insanely low figures. They won't, they won't allow it. So if you really want to get somebody's attention uh, and you want to buy a car cheaply, buy it from, from somebody like uh, Long Go, Holly, or whatever, Holly, or um, what did I just say? Uh, Al Hendrickson, yeah. Uh, where are we? Okay. Uh, so to get to be number one, Al Hendrickson Toyo seems prepared to do just about anything. They're well known for being an old school, rough and tumble type of dealership with big hidden fees and addendum stickers. They're planning to become number one by being nice guys. I just read that. They aren't. I'm sorry, that was, it was a typo because of my broken keyboard. They're not, they aren't planning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My son types this and his computer has a... Uh, keyboard issue. Yeah, keyboard issue. The battle between Al Hendricks and Toyota and Toyota of Hollywood reached a fever pitch three days ago during the closeout of March's sales. Heading into the month of March, Hollywood led Al by 1,731 cars to 1,462, 269 car lead. Al Hendrickson pulled out all the stops to cut Hollywood's lead. They began selling new cars at ridiculously low prices and spending a ton of av on advertising. My dealership uh, witnessed some of this during a few cases when we had uh, mutual customers comparing prices. In each situation, we lost a deal to Al Hendrickson, who sold their vehicles well below the prices we were willing to sell them for. I think I must be the only car dealer in the world that admits that that someone beat on, my price. <laughs> on the radio, like on global radio. Yeah, right. Al Hendrickson ended up dominating Toyota of Hollywood in March by 1,237 cars sold in one month to 1,081. Now, their car dealerships, most car dealerships don't sell 1,200 cars in a year. Yeah. And we're talking about Al Hendrickson sold 1,237 cars last month. Last month. Right. Now, that's, uh, what that? that's about 40 cars a day. That's about 40% of the cars we sell in a yeah. year. That's 40 cars a day, and they're open seven days a week. And that's a lot of cars to sell in one day, yeah. and that's what they do. Uh, the last day of any month is a time of excitement and desperation. We've talked about this many times on this show. Uh, car dealerships, they go crazy. The manufacturers go crazy. It's the last day the books are open and the last day for salespeople and sales managers to earn bonuses and top, and top off commissions. Last day of March 2021 was bound to be very exciting and very desperate at Al Henderson Toyota as it closed in on Hollywood. They reported 184 new car sales that day. Yeah. Holy mackerel. How do you sell 184 cars from one dealership at one location in one day? Well, that happened. That was our January objective. Yeah. <laughs> to see how desperate and exciting things went when they were down at El Hanks Toyota, we sent Agent Lightning to investigate. To be precise, we sent Agent Lightning, and we've never done this, we sent Agent Lightning to investigate and to literally buy a new car. <laughs> the plan was to send her to Al Hendrickson Toyota 
with a printed and signed official legal document vehicle buyer's order from my dealership with a price so low it would really hurt to honor. Agent Lightning would go also go in, check in hand, ready to pay for it in full. Okay, no nonsense. If Al Henderson did the deal, then we'll buy the car back from Agent Lightning and we'll sell this used car. And we still make a few bucks because we buy the car so cheap we could call a used car, fully disclose it, so it's got no miles on it, mm -hmm. and we could still make a profit. Yeah, great car to buy. That was the plan, best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> we chose a new 2021 Cruel LE with an MSRP of 21,632. The selling price was $3,000 below invoice. I remember what I say about invoice. That's not the price that dealers pay for cars. Our car, uh, the, the, the true cost, uh, this was really about $2,000 below true cost. cost. Yeah. You know, and we call it, uh, what do you call it, hard, uh, is, uh, I call it, I call it uh, triple net, yeah. uh, triple net. Uh, uh, the $3,000, uh, uh, $2,000 below was a, a net cost is what, it would cost them out of pocket that, that amount of money. They'd lose money, literally, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, Agent Lightning was instructed to explain that she had a good deal from another Toyota dealership backed up by our official signed buyer's order but preferred to buy from a dealer closer to her work. She was also uh, to explain that she had heard that Al Henderson was doing some great deals this month. So let's see what happened. I'm speaking the first person, and uh, so if I'm Agent Lightning, female. My husband dropped me off around the side of the dealership. As I walked back towards the front door, I saw a large group, uh, we call them a gaggle of salespeople. They sat on benches in the shade of a tree. We got a picture of that. Yeah, got a good picture. Just as I noticed those salespeople, I was surprised by another one who had approached quickly from the opposite direction. His name was Wilson, and he wanted to know what brought me in. I said I was there to buy a new Corolla, and that I had been shopping around and was focused on getting the absolute lowest price I could get. I said I'd call the dealership earlier and ask if Al Hendrickson Toyota would beat a competitor's price, a deal, and someone named Anna had assured me they would. Well, what do you expect? You call any car dealership <laughs> yeah, we will. and ask him. Uh, <laughs> sure. yeah, of course we will. Sure. Wilson confirmed this and said he would definitely beat any competitor's deal. Definitely. Remember this. There's two promises. We talked some more about the Corolla. I said I wanted a basic LE without any frills. I preferred black, but I'd take white or gray. Wilson confidently said he had a huge inventory, and they do and would have exactly what I was looking for. By the way, when I say huge inventory, what would you say has a thousand cars at least in stock? I, d I didn't look, but uh, yeah. looking, thinking of their volume, that would make, make sense. Yeah. And by the way, they don't have exactly what they're looking for um, because you can't find a, a completely stripped Corolla there. They, they, they preload it oh, with sure. some stuff. So there's Toya Guard sure. and an LED package, but sure. $200 worth of stuff. Exactly, yeah. Uh, he asked for my driver's license, introduced me to Robertson, his assistant. That's interesting. Normally you don't see salespeople that have assistants. Wilson probably sells 100 cars a month. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson then handed him my license, the sheet of paper he had been taking notes on during our conversation. Wilson returned to the subject of my competing offer, asked if, it had anything, if I had anything in writing. I said, 
that I had a sales order from Earl Stewart Toyota. Wolf had asked if he could see it. So I took it out of my bag, handed it to him. It was a signed buyer's order. He said he'd be right back, walked over to wherever several other sales managers were gathered. He came back with one of the managers, Ken. Ken had the Earl Stewart's buyer's order in his hand. He pulled up a chair near me and sat down. He said he worked for many years for Earl Stewart's direct competitor, and he never saw Earl Stewart do business as low. Ken also said the deals they occasionally see here aren't this aggressive. Ken lowered his voice and said, I just have to be honest with you. They're trying to pull one over on you. They won't honor the deal. He pointed out that the date on the buyer's order was March 24th, and today was March 31st. And Earl Stewart Toyota will use that to get out of the deal. That's common if you read the fine print and a lot of advertisements that will say price good today only. And so that's that was a pretty good observation they made there. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that, but I mean, uh, there are dealers that do do that. And it's a great way to get out. Buy the car today at that price, because tomorrow the price is going to go up. I said that the sales manager signed the buyer's order for me, said they would honor it through the 31st. Ken said, there isn't any other way to say this, but that offer is BS. They know you're shopping around, so they gave you this crazy low price, so you'd have to come back because no one will beat the deal. Now. That's called shooting someone in the foot, by the way. And it's called a low ball. They don't get very far. Right. It's called a low ball. Yeah. And uh, it's common, common practice, old school dealerships, when you know you can't get them to sign in today, you give them a price that you know the competition won't beat, and you know they're going to come back because the, you know the competition won't beat it, and then they wiggle and squirm and lie and cheat, and now you say, well, they're not going to convince me, are they? Well, you came back, and sometimes you're so tired. I mean, in this case here, it's like a it's like a three-hour drive or at least a two and a half hour drive. And, you, and you're worn down, you just beat to death, plus the fact you've told all your friends what a great deal you got. And so sometimes you just roll over and buy it. And just and this happens. Unfortunately, the low ball does work. And of course, the low ball is much better than giving them the price that you really sell it for, because anybody will beat that price. So there you are. Uh, inside look at car dealerships. Uh, again, I said that I was told my deal was for real. Ken then offered that maybe they made a mistake. So I said, I'd call my salesperson at Earl Stewart. I excused myself, went outside, and I called Stu. <laughs> Stu was a spy master general. And uh, I explained what was happening. Stu told me to stand by. And he's sending me a picture of a new buyer's order, texted, or emailed it, and I dated it today. So there we are. That covers that objection. I went back in, told Ken, and Wilson, that my salesperson confirmed that my out-the-door price was indeed $16,700. I said I'd get a text any minute with a new buyer's order. I got the text, showed Wilson and Ken. They held my phone and studied the buyer's order. All the numbers were the same, but the date printed on the top was March 31st. Now they're stuck, right? You got them now. They both got up, walked over to the manager's area, I waved over to Robertson, uh, William's assistant, 
asked if he could get the car clean and fill up with gas. <laughs> love it. Great. Just get it ready for me. Well, I love it. Robertson said he had to check with Wilson first. Then Ken came running over excitedly. He told me that the vice president of sales <laughs> told him to make the deal happen. Vice, vice president. president, yeah. <laughs> he, he said he believes uh, he said he believes they're going to match the Earl Stewart deal. Wow. Now remember, this is two thousand low below their hard cost. Two thousand truly. If they sell this car at this price, they're gonna lose. Al Hendrickson, ka-ching, out of your pocket, Al, $2,000 if you do the deal this way. But the vice president, the vice president has approved this. I'm sure that's a real position. Before I could really react, Robertson interrupted and said he could show me the car. I followed him outside. We found the black sand pearl 2021 Corolla LE in the side lot. It was just about identical to the one from Earl Stewart's Toyota, except this one had Toyo Guard and the Massey within the next to the Minoni label. These are add-ons that Al Hendrickson has on every car. And this addendum is a, a sight to behold. The addendum label, uh, you better sit down for this. The addendum label, another $5,593. Huge. That's a huge addendum label. On top of the Minoni. And, and remember I said earlier, everybody pays different price. Some people pay that, folks. I know not many, that's but how, some people pay that. That's how they afford to do these crazy deals. That's how they can do One the of those deals can. buys 15 of the little exactly. deals. Exactly. The little old lady is hammered for a $10,000 profit on a Corolla, and the sharp attorney comes in and buys it at cost, or maybe below cost. Or Agent uh, Lightning does. So including the $5,593, $895 dealer services fee, you could call hidden fees anything you want in Florida, a $559 and 55 cents, don't forget the 55 cents, electronic filing fee, another hidden fee by a different name. Uh, and there's also a $3,995 market adjustment addendum. And oh, well, wait, there's more. $144 private tag agency fee. I mean, they, they really hammer you with the hidden fees at Al Henderson if you let them. But if you don't let them, you can buy a car at Al Henderson for less than you can anywhere. Uh, Al Hendrickson's list price, and uh, that's with all this nonsense uh, on, is 28425 Robinson started up the, the car, went over the features for me, then asked if I really wanted to test drive it. Since I'd already been to several other toilet dealerships, I agreed that I didn't need a test drive. I said I was anxious to get the paperwork done and go home. Robinson led me back inside, started with my paperwork, I didn't see Wilson or Ken anywhere. After a minute, Robertson excused himself, headed to the manager area. I texted Sue to say they were doing the deal. Just as I sent the text, Robertson returned looking dejected. He said he hated to be the bearer of bad news, but they weren't going to do this deal. He said the top boss said it would take too big of a loss, and he was right. <laughs> $2,000 hard loss. He said they're going to sell over 1,200 cars this month. And even this deal was too much for them. I looked around for Wilson or Ken, but couldn't see them. They're gone. They're out of here. I asked Robertson if they could at least get me the best out-the-door price for the Corolla. I'd go back to Earl Stewart to, to get the car. But if they lied, like Ken said they would, then I'd come back and buy from uh, Al Hendrickson. Robertson left to find the manager. 
He wasn't going to hunt for long. He came right back, sat down, folded his arms, and said, they aren't going to give me anything in writing. Of course not. Because I just used it against them. I mean, how dare you? Yeah. Take my price and ask someone to beat it. How dare you? He said they told him I should buy it from Earl Stewart. Okay. Let Earl Stewart lose $2,000. Right. I got up to leave, but as I walked across the showroom, I spotted Wilson uh, sitting at a desk. I admonished him for disappearing and for telling me they'd do the deal then reneged. I said, I want to speak with the sales manager and get an explanation. Wilson said he was sorry, but as you can see, we're extremely busy right now. No one is available. I didn't accept this, insisted we find Ken. I said, I didn't understand why Ken would tell me the vice president of sales okayed the deal. But then go back on that. Go back on your promise. Wilson said he tried to get him to come over and left. I had the feeling Wilson wasn't coming back. <laughs> so I called Josh, Sue's brother, for further instructions. Just as Josh Stewart answered, I heard someone paging Ken over the intercom. Customer waiting. Ken came over to me uh, to, the, to another desk. He hedged, but eventually admitted that he did not tell. They did tell me. He I did guess. tell me that the point of this, you got to get that computer fixed. I can't. They tell me that the vice president approved the deal. He reiterated that it was too aggressive, even for them, even on the last day of the month. He said he'd give me the best price and begin typing at his computer. He said I could, uh, it would be 18677 but but the door, out the door with all fees and taxes included. He handed me the business card said, if things don't go, don't work out in Earl Stewart, give him a call. I asked for something in writing, but he refused. I said I was still mad at that before driving all the way down. I was told they would beat a real predator's deal. I said I felt that this was a big waste of time. So there we are. Uh, it was, uh, it, was, it was one of the most epic, uh, interesting, um, educational for us, and hopefully for you too, uh, experiences we've had at the dealership. And uh, you have to look at it from a positive and a negative. Uh, the moral of this story is simply, if you are super sharp, tough, do your homework, and really, really, really don't mind the combat you can get one hell of a deal at El Hensher Toyota. If you're not, they'll eat you for lunch and you will pay an obscene amount of money. You'll pay dearly. Now, you'll pay thousands of dollars over sticker. So we need right. to vote, don't we? Yeah, so uh, there's not that many grades coming in. We do have Jonathan in Wellington, who I think gives a very fair grade. He says, I'll give him a C. They do need, need to make a profit. You better be real. You really know your stuff if you go to Al Hendrickson Toyota. And then on Facebook, Bob gives him an F. Um, for me, I'm not going to fail him. Um, I still think it's a rough and tumble experience. I personally, as a consumer, wouldn't have an enjoyable time down there. But I'm going to give them a C minus. I've got Tim with a D minus. Uh, so far, that's it for YouTube grades. For me, I'm I'm going to agree with Stu with the C minus. Oh, Andy with the D. Uh, rough and tumble is right, Stu, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, knowledge is power. Be careful out there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give them a uh, D minus. You know, I wish that we had a uh, different scoring system. I'd like to give an A plus to the people that are super sharp, savvy, to go down to Al Hingerson and give a D minus to the average buyer. Because if you're just average and you haven't got the moxie, 
Don't go one down. Thanks for that. If you're sharp, you can get one hell of a deal. So what's your final grade? Uh, I'm going to give my uh, C. Okay. Very good. All right. Spire beware and uh, you know, put on your body armor. <laughs> a, a body cam would be good, too, so you can prove. Uh, emphasis. <laughs> yes. Emphasis on buyer beware. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us this morning. And we hope you have a wonderful Easter. And stay tuned right back here next week at 8 a.m. We look forward to being here with you. Thank you.